Hi everyone, it's Johanna with Access Promotions and Promo Kitchen. Today I'm wearing my chef hat and I'm with the famous Jay. I feel like he's like Madonna. It's just, just Jay. <laughs> you could go with just Jay, but just Jay. Some people struggle with saying Bussell, but whatever you want to do, just the taco guy, it's all good. JB, the taco guy. Happy to be here. Yep. And today is April 7th, 2020. I think it's important for us to remember the date as we start to enter this world of crazy content. And believe me, I had to look at my computer screen to know the date today since I'm in a warp. We are very lucky right now to be speaking with two wonderful people from All Made, and that is Ryan and Mel. And we're going to have a conversation with them today on face masks. So their company, All Made, has been pivoting into making some face masks for the pandemic that we're facing right now. We have some questions for them. And before we get started, we want to thank both of you for taking time out to speak with us. No problem. We're excited. Yeah, you're very welcome. We are very honored to talk about this. We've learned a lot in a very short period of time. (laughs) Well, there is your silver lining. I've said this quite a few times over the last few days, you got to find the silver linings. And if learning something new is one of them, then let it be education. Guys, when did you know there was going to be a big need for these non-medical personal face masks? Were you guys just following the news? Were you looking at what other companies were doing? How did you feel you guys could jump in and help with two hands? So this was about, I think, early March or end of February. I had canceled a flight because this COVID thing was starting to come up. People were starting to get Raring to find us like this could be really bad for t-shirts because the last thing that you need in a pandemic is a new t-shirt. <laughs> so I was like, what else can we do as printers or garment decorators in order to keep in business? And face masks were one of the first things that came to mind. And so I immediately went by. I was actually meeting with Ashley, our product director. She came over for lunch that day. And I'm like, hey, Ashley, I got this great idea. We're going to make face masks and print on them. And she's like, that's horrible. My wife's like, that's horrible. Like we can never get them rated. It'd be dangerous to sell. I was like, ah, dang it. But I did have our product designer start working on some designs at that time. And fortunately, I mean, if I could go back, we would have started making millions right then. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But, you know, two weeks later, we were about maybe a pinky toe ahead of really what we needed to be. But because we started slightly ahead, we came out with a face mask about two weeks ago and then it started to get some interest and we got some criticism and then it's gone, you know, insane. Every face mask with a new t-shirt today, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that the realization of when we really started needing masks has kind of just developed. So at first it was like, okay, wow, we can make masks. Should we start making them? And then it developed into this, okay, people are needing masks. There's a shortage. And how can we use it? So our mask actually fits over an N95 mask to prolong the use of that. And so we thought, okay, wow, this is a great need. We should promote this. And then now, you know, they're requiring people to wear masks outside. And so the need and demand has just skyrocketed. And so I think it's kind of just been this developmental learning of, wow, these are really needed. And so, yep, we've been learning a lot. That's for sure. (laughs) We all have. It's true. I started thinking about this, like Ryan, I saw early on, you know, you and your team trying to transition and figure this out and the need and whether it be something that goes over an existing mask, something that's worn personally, and knowing that you guys have maybe two weeks, maybe a little bit more than that, a head start. 
But I think we could all four agree that this is just like every day you learn something new. Every day something changes. Every day something needs to be modified. So as you've worked through that, does it help that you're making these in the USA? And I'm guessing, by the way, that should have started with my first question. Are you making these in the USA? So are you? Yes, right now we're making them in the USA. We do have some samples to our factories in Honduras and then one of our partners' factories in Mexico. This is the way I understand it, and this is not you know, directly from the horse's mouth. When I knew this was actually going to be big was about three weeks ago, and it was because I got a call from one of our partners, and they were like, I just got off the phone with the White House, and they are wanting to order yeah. 500 million masks. Yeah, that's the so, same number we heard. <laughs> so if you think about this, you got Gildan, the number one, you got Sanmar, you got Haynes, you got you know, Bella Canvas, Next Level, you know, Fruit of the Loom. Combined as an industry, we make and sell in the US about 2 billion shirts, give or take. Right. And most of those shirts are made in Central America for our US market, a little bit in the US and a little bit in Asia, but most are made in Central America. We can't open factories right now in Central America. Right. So 500 million masks is taking slightly longer to make a mask than a t-shirt. It takes a year for all those companies in making with all their high-tech facilities in Central America to make 2 billion. And right now, basically, pretty much all the big factories are locked up making what they can make for this government and FEMA contract. And you have all these little tiny supply houses cut and sew facilities that used to make jeans, they used to make furniture, they used to make t-shirts, and they used to make fashion stuff for a French brand. You know, all these little guys that are making a few thousand a day each. The demand, you know, if every American needs a mask, that's 350 million masks. If everyone American needs as many masks as they do just a normal everyday week wear of shirts, because now you're breathing on this and it's probably getting way stickier and dirtier than a shirt would during a day. That's a lot of mass. The demand That's is insane. Yeah. It's insane. And it's not going to go away. And we're not going to be able to make enough mass anytime soon. It's been a huge apparel pivot for everyone, top to bottom, correct? Yeah, everyone. I was just getting off the phone with our biggest customer. And he's like, the biggest issue is not even capacity now. The biggest issue is supply line of fabric and elastic and you know things that are needed to make the mask. Yeah, it's crazy. Whereas this is going through every day, are you still in the mindset of like, this is insane, this demand is insane, or is there like this fear in you, like, this is insane, I can't believe this is happening to the world? Well, first, as an industry, we were devastated three weeks ago. I think March 12th was the day that I hear just like the light shut off across the board. And we had to lay off a quarter of our team and our customers have had to lay off. A lot of them are out of business. We are very grateful to be busy, you know, and it's literally insane though. I mean, it's from start to bottom. If we could have had 2 million masks sitting in our warehouse, they would be gone over the weekend. At the end of last week, it just went bonkers. And once the CDC said everyone should be wearing masks, once cities like Los Angeles and other areas of the country said you have to wear a mask to go outside, it's just gone insane. And so we're grateful. One of our values at Rionet is embrace the craziness and all made like positivity and stuff like that. We're grateful for sure, but it is definitely nuts. Just trying to make them. If I know anything, Mel, you're trying to help keep the calm <laughs> to Ryan's, <laughs> to Ryan's yes, spin. Yes, we have a good yin and yang. <laughs> 
I think that, you know, we're also just excited that we have the capability to help people, that we can provide items that are protective in this time of such a shortage. And so I think it just falls in line with our all made values of taking care of people and the planet. And we get to use our awesome fabric that has recycled polyester. So there's one water bottle on average in every mask recycled. So I think it's just exciting to be able to help people, which is one of our values and staying in business is great, but just putting value into our community. Mel, I wanted to ask you a quick question about this. It seems like based on what I've read online, like you guys are doing more than just making masks. You're trying to make an impact. So you kind of pivoted away from an amazing t-shirt, which we've had Brian on in the past. We've talked about how awesome all made product is and the whole purpose behind that. But what's going on now? You're donating some, is that right? Is that my understanding? Yeah. So from the very beginning, we wanted to make sure that we weren't just selling these, that we were also contributing to our community. So for every 10 packs we sell, one pack is handed out to you know local grocery store or veterinarian clinic or an essential business where people need masks. I'm sure you guys have all been in the grocery stores and it's almost crazy to me to see that they don't have masks on. I mean, they have these shields, but they just are on the front lines and they need to be protected the most. And so I just think anything extra we can do to help them. But also, you know, one of the amazing things I found, I've actually been talking to a lot of our customers, tons of new customers, and a lady just the other day purchased a very, very large order. And so I called her just to see, you know, we didn't know her yet. And they were all going straight to a hospital. The shipping address was a local hospital. And she was just shipping them straight there to a contact she knew, and she was donating all of these on her own dime. So I think it's not just us trying to do our part, but I think a lot of American citizens are seeing this as their chance to help their own communities. And they don't even know us. You know, they just heard about all masks through the grapevine. So it's pretty incredible the ripple effect these have had. That's awesome. Just talking about numbers for a second, I'm sure in your heads, it's just overwhelming to think about how much will be produced over the next few days, weeks, months. What have numbers look like so far in terms of production? How many have you made? What does a week look like? How far can you push your team? Have you pushed your team? How much is your equipment capable of handling and all that good stuff? What we're finding right now is that not every single sewing machine, if every t-shirt machine can make a mask, it'd be amazing. But you do need some specialized equipment, some cover stitch machines, things that are not normally used at such a high volume. And so that's probably another big bottleneck, specifically domestically, but even internationally. And so as volume ramps up, people are bringing machines out of mothballs and crates that you know haven't been used and getting them back online. Right now, we have three factories that we're working with. We're looking to add a couple more. And each one is able typically to do somewhere between on the low end, 2,000 a day and on the high end, 10,000 a day with a line of workers. And typical mass lines are between five and 10, whereas a typical t-shirt line would be about double that as far as number of sewers. Hmm. That's interesting. So to answer that question, we can't make enough fast enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the follow-up, right? Is it you really yeah. can't. So I've seen online, I've seen Ryan's Instagram feed where he's flying down to LA, you know, and what's that all about? You just picking up blank product? Is that what I see? He just loves airplanes, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the goal is just try to get ahead of it. I mean, literally, I ship masks today. We had just a few 
that we picked up yesterday to Suffolk County, I think, in New York. The police officer force doesn't have masks. They can't get PPE. Super important. I'm from Suffolk County, New York, Long Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to Kevin, one of our customers who's East End MLM. He supplies the police force there. And he's obviously a central business and he's been able to remain open. But there's over 250 patrolmen that don't have masks. There's over 200 people that have died in the county. They're not going on calls as aggressively as they should be or even want to just because they don't have proper protection. I just read from our governor, I've talked to our governor in Washington, his office, as well as our senator's office, the need is literally 15 to 20x of PPE. And this just, it's, it's, it's dire. And, and you think about this, like we're making masks and we were making t-shirts, but I was talking to our team and even realizing this ourselves, like as I was talking to this customer, like these masks can literally be saving, you know, if somebody's infected and wearing a mask and it's preventing their infection from going to somebody else that could have a compromised immune system, which is like this all thing could likely happen. These masks are literally, even though they're not rated and they wouldn't be used except for as a covering in a medical, like, or an operating room, they're still saving lives. And it's pretty incredible. The partnerships that have popped up, the donations, and just the outreach of the community to make all this stuff happen. It's fantastic. Kudos to you guys. Now, you guys are in a promotional space and you are super aware of branding and logos and all that fun stuff. How do you guys feel about these being branded right now? Oh, we think it's awesome. If you want a mask and you want your logo on it, you call us (laughs) if we have any masks. (laughs) We call a printer, call a customer. That's typically who we work with. Yeah, we've been connecting businesses, which is awesome. Yeah. Water-based ink, that's my only feedback, is I would not print Plastisol on it or transfer that can't be breathed through. I would try to print water-based, but I totally see this as a huge play, you know, for people that, you know, are going to need to wear this. I flew Alaska Airlines back and I was on the flight that all the flight attendants were on. I had some extra masks. So the first mask I gave out was to a guy that was coming back from chemotherapy treatment in LA. He didn't have a mask. He's obviously got a compromised immune system. So he's like, where'd you get your mask? I was like, oh man, I have an extra one right here. And then all the flight attendants, everyone's just like, that's so awesome. So I was giving them out and they're like, we would love these at Alaska Airlines. Could you put like a little A right here? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. (laughs) You know? That's so cool. The great connection here too is that just with the Ryonet kind of community, we are able to connect printers all over with our masks and they're printing these logos and it's keeping all sorts of businesses in play and giving them a chance to kind of stay uplifted in this crazy time where there's not a ton of business, not a ton of jobs going out. And so it's just been important for the whole community of decorators to come together, which is awesome. Awesome indeed. That was a great question, Joe. And I got to be honest, I was the first one to be a little nervous and concerned about the profiteering of, oh, great, now we're going to try to brand masks and we're going to have teams and logos and messaging. And I'm just curious, have you any stories or any visibility on masks that potentially are printed and donated for some of the folks like, Ryan, you talked earlier about a police department or maybe a senior facility or senior care, or maybe uh, child protective services where they're still essential, they're still frontline, but they're not in a hospital setting. And if so, wouldn't you think it'd be cool to like brand those as 
Nurses Rock or I don't know, something that's a little bit uplifting other than just a logo. I don't know. What is your take on that branding? Yeah, absolutely. More than a logo. I think we've seen some pretty interesting ones. Mel, Mel can comment too. <laughs> okay, you got to share. You got to share. But yeah, what else? We have this one awesome shop that they're doing a lot of American pride mass, and they're using one of the product images they had of me to put some interesting things on there, which is just awesome. Because I think what these shops are doing is they're making sometimes just this terrible situation that has some very negative connotation with it positive and uplifting. So I've seen masks that have American flags on them that say nope on it, which I think is just a funny way to say like, it's just right across the mouth. Nope, Nope. not happening, you know, and they're selling them. And it's amazing because it's bringing income into their print shop, which is so needed right now. And so I think that a lot of those shops are using this as an opportunity to I would say it's even more than logos. I would say it's these cool phrases coming out of it because if you want a mask, you might as well have a cool one and if you're going to rock it to the grocery store. <laughs> Jay, I got a good idea for tacos. Oh, uh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I need 1% though. I need 1%. No, I'm joking. Yes, so, I, will, I will share 1%. Tacos go mm-hmm. here. Tacos go here. Yes, I started drawing that one. Exactly. Mine says insert taco here and it has an arrow. So. Love it. You know, Jay, with what you said a little bit earlier about feeling this profiteering off of, you know, something and it's something our team has discussed a lot and it's something that we have gone back and forth and struggled with. And there's so many layers in a pandemic should you be making money? And I think one of the biggest things as a business, we would love to stay afloat as well. So not only is it helping us stay afloat, but really at the end of the day, there's all sorts of companies that have in war, you know, make clothing and then they're switching to military garb. And I think it's just this pivot that you make to help your community and help people, but also, you know, help your business stay afloat. And we aren't making a huge profit by any means. I I don't really think we've made a profit yet. But I just feel like we can be proud of what we're doing. I think a lot of people have a different opinion on that. But one of our values is just helping people. And so I think it's something, yeah, making profit is something that we've definitely thought about a lot. And you are, and you're making a difference. And so it's been interesting to see the theme through these questions and answers talking about a pivot. Well, for me personally, my thought processes had to pivot where I was three weeks ago and where I am today. It's totally different. You know, I feel much more comfortable with it because I see the difference it's making. I see how the guidelines for the CDC have changed. I see how people feel more secure and a little less fearful when they have a non-medical, even if it's just a bandana, I mean, for heaven's sakes, they feel like, okay, at least I've got this right. And it's not false hope. It's making a difference. So Mm -hmm. I applaud you. I applaud both of you and all of your staff for taking that jump and that leap three weeks ago. And I don't think this is going away anytime soon. So to me, it makes a ton of sense whether they're a promotional product company or whether they're a print shop and apparel decorator. It should no longer feel that odd. And I'm sure there'll be some people that go, you know, there always are in the fringes that go too far. Mm -hmm. But I think the branding and appropriate messaging. I think that's healthy and I think it's positive. And I think we talked earlier with Johanna where we were talking about what a great opportunity this could be, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think we're all just preparing for not just today and sense of urgency for when I walk out the door and go somewhere, which I promise you I'm not doing, but the fear because of what I'm seeing to, to wear the mask, but we're preparing people for when they go back to work and when they're ready to go back to a baseball game and a basketball game. And the reality is a lot of people are going to be using masks and people aren't going to look at them funny. It's going to be something that makes them feel safer, something that makes them feel they can be doing things that they used to do and getting back to their quote unquote normal lives. So yeah, this is not going away, unfortunately. Hopefully the actual pandemic will go away, but I think we're just going to be living our lives way differently. Yeah. And as a germaphobe, not a crazy germaphobe, but as a germaphobe, I'm hoping that we continue to keep this level of sanitation across the board. I know next year we could dramatic improvement to flu and all that stuff through more hand washing and sanitizing at grocery stores and all that fun stuff. So again, silver linings, right? Yeah, right. It's really interesting how masks can become the norm. I was watching a movie last night with my husband after our kids went to bed and ironically, it wasn't about a pandemic or anything like that, but there was people wearing masks. It was a futuristic movie too. And they were wearing masks kind of in this like nightclub area. And it was a normal thing. Like no one was looking at them like it was odd, but we noticed right away because it was like, wow, this is, you know, crazy. And so I just feel like it is becoming a little bit more normal. And in fact, I went to the grocery store the other day, I had to bring my two girls with me and I put masks on them and I just told them, you can't touch your mouth. That's how you get COVID-19. And so the mask actually helps them to not touch their face because a lot of people are saying you touch your mask and you fidget a lot. But for my girls, it was actually a way for them to not touch their face because it's like blocking their skin from being touched and fidgeted with. So good point. I think that there's great values to all around. I agree with you. I think it's going to be something in the new norm. And I think homeowners and people who are just, you know, normal should just have masks lying around for the future, just as part of a emergency kit that you would have. I think it's wise to do so. Yeah, for sure. Also, same. I have a four-year-old who said to me last night before bed, I'm tired of washing my hands. <laughs> and, yeah, I said, me too. But for her, three, four, five years from now, it's going to be such a norm. I think it's, it's like the recycling thing, right? Like growing up, recycling wasn't important, as important as it was today. We weren't taught about it. There wasn't separate bins in school where I'm so floored and amazed how my four-year-old knows the difference between the blue bin and the regular bin in the airport and makes such an effort because she's just taught and that's what she's seen and she doesn't know anything differently. Yep. Exactly. I wanted to pivot back to just the mask, the different options out there in the market. Is it also kind of going back to even the profiteering or the kind of just the price point between them? And we just did a public service announcement that we put on our blog yesterday. Because if you think about the mask world, we also have to think about t-shirts because there's some masks that are $10 and there's some masks that are dollar. And so it's kind of like, as you think about a mask, think about it, how you would sell or think about purchasing a t-shirt. The more you spend, typically, hopefully, the better that you're going to get, the better materials that are used, the longer it will last, the less it will stink. The least you spend, the the shorter it will last, You know, the less quality. But in between, there's a, a huge variety of ranges. Just because one person might be wholesaling a mask for $6 and the other one might be wholesaling a mask for $2, it's likely because how many ply of fabric or the type of fabric or the quality of the construction, is it form fit? Is it just a square piece of fabric? So there's all these different variables that are go into all these different masks that are being made right now. I think people would be wise to educate themselves just like you wouldn't need to educate yourself on apparel. 
on how to purchase them, require them, how to recommend them to a customer for certain uses, and why there's a different variety, what goes into making it and what it's made out of and so forth. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I know for us, we're trying to get educated on that at Access. We're a distributor. We have amazing resources within Access that are educating us on medical grade and all that fun stuff. Of course, it's education opportunities for sales reps out in the force for them to be learning about what they're selling as well. So that's a great point. Mel and Ryan, is there anything about the masks that you feel we should know that we should touch upon? I just want to make it known that I've been wearing mine a ton and I just feel like they're really soft. You know, I've worn other masks as well. And I think it's a great thing to point to some masks. And Ryan was touching on this harder to breathe through or, you know, they are lighter or heavier. And I honestly really like our masks. My husband immediately bought a ton for his entire workforce and they've all been wearing them every day doing kind of heavy work and they're just soft and comfortable. And there's multiple ways you can wear them to fit your face. Like I said, my children wore them. And so I'm really proud of them. I guess that's how I would say that is I feel proud for a product we're selling compared to some of the other things I have seen out there. And I'm just proud of our fabric as well. It's nice to know that you're breathing in, you know, a great fabric that doesn't have any pesticides and is clean since it's just up so close to your face. Yeah, I would say that the eco-friendly fabric right now, we're the only one that's making an eco-friendly mask to my knowledge. And I hope that more people follow that suit because I even noticed myself, like the last thing you think about is the environment when you just had to lay off a percentage of your workforce and you don't know if you can make you know, payroll the next go around, or like if your family's going to be getting sick, you're like, I oh, just throw it in some plastic. Let me get out of this grocery store, you know, but we are still on this planet, you know, and it's going to be here longer than we are. And plus, like what Mel was saying, the fact that we're basically making out with this thing for an entire day. And so I don't, was, I don't remember Mel saying that funny yes. enough, right? <laughs> but thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. Oh, it's, that's funny. Yeah. And they're machine washable too. That's the other great thing is you can toss them in the wash and have a fresh one pop out. Yeah. What is the maintenance and care? And, and is there any standard or is there something that applies across the board? Any face mask, not just an all made all mask, but if there's something that we should know, because I don't know, I'm assuming like any other t-shirt type product, you know, you, you want to kill off the potential, carefully take it off, right? And then wash it every day. What are you telling people? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, if it's been on your face and you take it off, don't set it on a countertop where the germs can transfer to the countertop and then be touched by somebody else. You know, you should be keeping your mask kind of secure. Even if you have a little baggie, you can put it in when you're done until you can get in your house and stick it in the washing machine. But our recommendation would be to for sure, just not leave them lying around after they have been worn and to keep them as secure as possible. And then yeah, wash them as much as possible as well. I was watching the news earlier this morning. They were giving similar recommendations about gloves and bandanas and scarves and anything you're using on your face. And if you've been outside and you've been touching other things, then you touch your mask to take it off. Obviously, wash your hands, but then wash your mask or whatever you're using to cover your mouth right away. Great advice. Really good advice. Thanks, guys. Do you guys want to close this up anyway? There's a lot of gratefulness from the garment industry in general of this opportunity. I would say, please be patient with us. 
And when I say us, just any garment supplier right now, because everyone is going as fast as they can. It is literally like a war zone in some places I walked into in LA in the last few days. And they're taking everyone's temperature when they walk in, everyone's in full garb. You know, it's definitely being done the right way, but it is so crazy, the demand. So just be patient. Do you understand that I think this is like toilet paper crisis? We have supply and demand problem, but everyone's doing the best they can and really going above and beyond to service, you know, the industry. I also think a really good thing to note is that we've had a little controversy of people saying, you know, hey, the mask isn't doing anything. And I think it's really great to remember, we watched this amazing video about masks in the Czech Republic. And the great thing that she said at the end was, if I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, I'm protecting you and you're protecting me. So if we're both doing it, we're protecting each other. And I really like that phrase. I think it's really profound is I protect you, you protect me. And I think that, you know, thinking of each other versus ourselves is what we need to be doing right now. But if we do that, then we're protecting ourselves. And so, yeah, I just think, you know, whether it's a mask or not, protect each other. Well, that's well said. That's a great way to put it. And we have to say on behalf of all of us at Promo Kitchen and our community, we are so appreciative. We will be patient with you. We know you're doing everything you can and more. And you're also putting yourselves out there and going to work and making things happen. And it does not go unnoticed. We are very appreciative, very grateful to be part of an industry that is giving back globally right now, really. Thank you very much, both of you, for taking the time out of this. Thank you. Crazy, <laughs> crazy time. And Yeah, thank you guys. It's always fun to get some human interaction. So. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's always fun to have Jay in the podcast as well, right? Hey, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> taco mask, taco, right. tacos here. here. Here it comes. Listen, I'm putting all my money into taco trucks because when this thing comes back, we are so going to want to get outside and grind on some sweet, tasty tacos that <laughs> I just think I'm going to have a line a mile long. Oh, that's right. I'm drilling. I'm not going to wear a mask for that. Just telling you right now. <laughs> you have to take it off to eat the taco. Hello. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.